following message is a presentation of Valley Metro Church, a community of believers dedicated to knowing God and making Him known. When I think of um, my journey of faith, uh, I look back along the way. Uh, the journey of faith starts with opening your heart to Jesus and really acknowledging Him and really following Him. Um, but along the way, you know, there's a point where you have to decide if you really want to get some traction in the faith. Do you really want to get some traction? Do you really want to grow? Uh, do you really want to? Or do you just want to kind of believe and hang out? Um, because I realize there's a big difference between being a believer and being a disciple. Uh, a lot of people believe in God. The Bible says even the demons believe. That's really not a revelation to say, I believe in God. That's a good start. Uh, But being a follower of Christ, being a disciple, is where you get traction and you begin to grow. There were a lot of people who came and heard Jesus speak, and they liked it. They They were okay with it. But when it came to following, when it came to traction, when it came to growing, they weren't so sure they wanted to do that. And yet others did. Others made the commitment to getting traction and growing, and God used them as a world changer. I know my own experience in faith. I look around uh, back in the early days. Um, I came to L.A. playing rock and roll, pursuing a record deal, playing Whiskey, Roxy, Gazzari's, Troubadour, all these clubs with the Marshall Stacks, pursuing that world, and God woke me up along the way. And I, before that, I had a general belief in God, But I certainly didn't follow God. I was doing my own thing. God woke me up. I realized how real Jesus is, how true he is, how much his love and his grace and his mercy stuff I knew nothing about. And I realized it came down to the point where he said to me in his own way out of revelation, I would rather that you were either hot or cold. But since you're lukewarm, I will speak you from my mouth, is what it says in Revelation. And I freaked out when I read that. I'm like, no, that's just a coincidence. But God along the way was saying, Brian, stop this thing. Either get in or get out. I am real. Follow me. My way is better than your way. And finally, I stepped over the line and saying, okay, I'm yours now. And that is when life began for me. That is a marked time in history when life began. And looking back at my life and others who were new in the faith, I've seen some from that point in time go on and God using them in in amazing ways. And I've seen some, unfortunately, kind of get pushed off like in a storm and kind of washed up on shore. And, And I'm thinking, what's the difference between the people who continue in the faith and God uses them And they somehow, even when the storms of life come, they're still standing strong, maybe not easy, but standing strong. And others who fall down in the storm, the difference? The difference was those who committed to growing, those who committed to getting roots into the ground, into the faith. Much like a tree, when a tree is planted, it will go down deep and it will go wide before it will go up. Any tree that starts to go up before it goes deep and wide will blow over in the first storm. And I think it's symbolic of how we are too. When we deal with the storms of life, if you and I commit to going deep and to going wide, we will weather the storms. And that's God's heart for us this morning. You know, we sung that song earlier, Take Me Higher. 
Uh, we were saying, I'm calling you to take me higher. And many of us were singing that song, that I'm calling you to take me higher. We're calling God, take us higher. And at the same time, God's saying, and I'm calling you to go deeper. And we want to go higher. And he's saying, yes, I'll take you higher. Go deeper. If you go deeper, I'll take you higher. Because that's the way it works in God's economy. If you will go deeper, I will take you higher. If you don't go deeper, I can't take you higher. And looking back at people that you respect in your life, how God has shaped them and molded them, and they've weathered storms, there's one thing they all have in common. They went deeper, and God took them higher. But going deeper is a choice. Going deeper is a commitment. It's a commitment to not just be a believer, but to really be a follower, to be a disciple. It's really cool. Uh, scriptures we have this morning, if you want to follow along, 2 Peter 3.18 tells us, we have some of these for up here. Um, it, the Bible tells us, and this is a great thesis, I believe, of growth and traction. Um, it, it tells us to grow in knowledge and grace. I think we have that for up here. He's concluding his letter right here in 2 Peter, and he's ending it. It's like his last sentence or two. He's like, listen, guys, in summary, grow in grace and in knowledge. Both, not either or, both. Grow in knowledge. Understand the word of God. Understand God's kingdom, his principles. Understand your new identity, because when you say yes to Jesus, you have a new identity. Gotta know your identity. You gotta know not just who you are, but whose you are. Got to know. Word of God will tell you this. The Word of God's got answers for every question in life in God's Word. He's given us everything we need for life and godliness in His Word. It's living, it's active, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. It is alive. It, it separates things in our lives between motives and thoughts and intention. It's all there. Grow in knowledge. Really, really important. Got to be part of your commitment to grow in knowledge, but to grow in grace. Now, how do we grow in grace? Growing in grace is when you start experiencing the kingdom of God and you start sharing that same kingdom of God. The Bible says freely you've been given, freely give. You were given forgiveness and as you begin to forgive others, you begin to grow in grace. It's easy to give the law, it's harder to give grace. And that's why we need to grow in grace. As we experience God's love and we give it away, we're growing in grace. Growing in grace is a process. Growing in grace is a process where God begins to do things in you and through you. So there's growing in knowledge, the understanding aspect, but there's growing in grace. It's your experience of the kingdom and giving it away. And I love how he says that because that's gonna talk about uh, where we're going here. Uh, Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said this. He said, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. The gates of hell will not overcome it. The gates of hell cannot stand against it, depending on your translation. In other words, Jesus is saying, I'm building my church. I'm building my church. Jesus' words, I'm building my church. Church is Jesus' idea, not ours. His idea, it's his church, it's not ours. And he's building it. He's building it. He's making something. He's assembling something. There's a creative process. He's building it. And he's like, and what I'm building, hell cannot stand against. Boom. It can't withstand it. It can't hold it back. It can't stop its momentum. The church moves forward, Jesus says, because it's mine and I'm building it. And I just love that because it tells us that the church is not only God's idea. 
God loves to build stuff. And we're talking about growing and getting traction. And I think you and I need to build as well. We need to be uh, conscious of, of building. God is building right now. Jesus is building his church right now as we speak. He doesn't stop. The question is, are you part of what God is building? He's building. The gates of hell aren't going to prevent that. Jesus is building his church. He has not stopped building his church. He will continue to build his church, and his will will be done. The question is, are you part of what God is building? Because that's the zone you want to be in. That's the zone you will never regret. That's the zone where you will grow in not only knowledge, but you will grow in the grace of God. Are you part of what God is building? That is the place to be. That's really, really exciting. Uh, if you guys have your Bible, if you could open up to 1 Peter chapter 2. I love this passage right here. It gives the picture of how God builds. He doesn't build the way we build in, in uh, our society. God's economy is a little different from our economy. See, in our economy, in our society, we build big buildings, but God's committed to building big people. Uh, and he hasn't stopped his commitment to build big people, to build spiritual giants, really. And First um, Peter chapter 2 gives us a little uh, overview of how this works in God's economy and how he builds and what kind of materials he uses. But in First Peter chapter 2, it says, As you come to him, the living stone, talking about Jesus, the living stone, Rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a royal priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. God is building a spiritual house. On this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. He's building a spiritual house. Not a physical building, a spiritual house. And you and I, we're living stones. We're not brick and mortar. We are alive with the Spirit of God in us. And God is trying to put his will and his intention in our life that there will be a manifestation, a display of that as he assembles a spiritual house. A spiritual house that has an overflow effect on the city and everybody else around us. He's building a spiritual house. And he wants to strategically place you in the spiritual house house. When we say spiritual house, it's an assembly of believers. All believers are called, according to God's word, to be part of a fellowship, part of an assembly, part of a body of Christ, part of a church, whether it is a large mega church or whether it's a small house church or anything in between. We are all called to be part of an assembly. The Bible says don't forsake the gathering, the assembly. Be part of. The Bible says you are the body of Christ. We are members of the body. All of us are parts of it. So there's this, this thesis right here of God is building a spiritual house and you and I are living stones and he is trying to assemble these living stones and it even talks about what it's supposed to look like when we're built up. It says because God wants us to, be, uh, to build a spiritual house and wants us to be a priesthood 
a priesthood. Now, when you think of priesthood, you might think of some old school thing that maybe, how many of you ever grew up where they were like throwing a little incense or sprinkling water anywhere? Come on, honesty in God's house? Okay, like half of us. And you're like, if that's a priest, I don't know if I want to do that, right? Right? That's what I was thinking. I don't want, I don't want to roll like that, sprinkling this and throwing water at people. I don't really see the benefit, so I don't know why I'm going to do that. No, not that kind of priest. Or maybe you get the visual of the Old Testament priests, you know, in the Bible, uh, in the temple. Uh, and if that's your view of priests, just erase that priest. A priest, by definition, is somebody who tries to bridge the gap between God Almighty and people who don't understand him. A priest tries to, to make it clear. A, a, a priest tries to make it relatable and, and bring God's love to people and, and, and point people to God and just kind of help people make the connection. A priest is really a bridge builder between God, the loving God, and people who are trying to figure out and understand. And the Bible says that we're a priesthood of all believers, that we are a priesthood. So whether you know it or not, you're a priest. Tell someone next to you, I'm a priest this morning. Tell them. You're a priest. You're a priest. We are a priesthood. And in this priesthood, God is assembling this spiritual house. And he's trying to build you and me. He's trying to build us. The question again is, Will we let them? God is building a spiritual house. You and I are spiritual stones. Will we go with God's program and let him build in place and assemble us? I say this because my observation of Christian faith in America over the last 25 years or so has been that some are very satisfied with saying, I'm a believer, I'm fine, I'm a believer. And others saying, no, it's more than that. Yes, I'm a believer, but because I'm a believer, I'm committed to growing and to following and being a a spiritual stone and letting God place me and letting God use me because I want to grow not just in knowledge, I want to grow in grace. And I want to be used by God that he can be on display through me. This is the thesis, I think, that you see in Scripture and in the early church great example is the church of Antioch. Church of Antioch, the first place they were called Christians. They really got this. They just didn't get together and say, yeah, we're believers. Oh, we believe, you believer? Yeah, I'm a believer. Cool, we're believers. All right, let's go home now. It's not what they did. They're like, this is real. Jesus is real. Jesus is alive. And he's pouring out his spirit. The church of Antioch realized that they're like, God, there's more to this. God pours out his spirit. Everyone gets filled with the spirit. And they're like, wow, now we are lit up. We are ready to go public. And people are going out, changing the world all over the place. And Antioch, was they were like, what is it with these people over here? Explosive church. They were a priesthood. They were building bridges between people and God's kingdom. And it was so evident that God was moving among them. It was the first place in history where we know that they were called Christians. That's where the word came from, the church of Antioch. Radical stuff. But they understood what it's like to be a living stone. They understood that God was building a spiritual house. They're like, yes, we are going to go with your program. Are you letting him? And if you are letting God assemble you into a spiritual house, think to yourself this morning, how are you doing that? How are you specifically, as an action point, I want to be practical this morning, how are you letting God assemble you as a living stone into his spiritual house? Think about that. There's not going to be a test later. But, but think about that personally, because if you are 
committed to being more than just a believer, if you are committed to being a follower and a disciple of Jesus Christ, that means you're committed to growing and experiencing his, his knowledge and his grace on a deeper level. If that's you, think about how are you letting God place you as he's building his spiritual house. If this is your church home, that would apply here. This is an assembly of believers, but maybe you go somewhere else, or maybe you're just checking out churches, and I would encourage you, if you're here today and you're checking out churches, that's beautiful. Pray your way through, check out churches, but find someplace and land, 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 and when you do land, put down roots. Don't just be a believer and then be over here. Some people change churches as often as they change outfits. Some people change churches as often as they change their hairstyle. I've been at this church while I was a blonde, but when I was a brunette, I was over at that church. I used to be a redhead at that. I'm I'm being facetious, but you know what I mean. People change all the time. You know what happens, by the way, when we look at the nature of plant life? When things get uprooted, they don't grow so well usually. Things that get uprooted. When you uproot things and you put them down, it takes a long time for roots to get established again. Have you ever planted something like that? You dig it up, you put it down, you hope it takes off. Sometimes it doesn't take off too well at all. Sometimes it can take a real long time before it starts to bear fruit again. Why? Because you disrupt the entire root system. And so my, my plea to you this morning is, is, is that we would take to heart that God wants us to go big, to go deep, to go wide, because we're saying, God, take us higher, and he's saying, I want to take you deeper. And if I take you deeper, I can take you so much higher. And I don't know about you guys, but we're all in this room starting pretty well. What really matters is that we finish well. Amen? Because I know some folks that I love that started well, and they're, they're like off the grid right now. I know some other people that are doing great. God's doing radical, explosive things. They have such a beautiful relationship with God, and they're growing in knowledge and grace. I love it. It's exciting. And yet others, and you know some too, that for some reason they didn't go deep. They didn't go wide. And when the storm came, it knocked them down because that is the nature of storms. But the church will never be all that it could be without you being all in. It'll never be. God can't build the spiritual house the way he wants with the intricacies without you saying, I'm a living stone. What's my part? How do you want to build, God? It's your house. On this rock, I will build my church, Jesus says. Okay, Jesus, what's your part? Where do I fit in the mix, in the matrix? And some of that assembly is is inside the church, and some of it is outside the church, but it's all for the glory of God. It's all for his glory. And I would suggest to you this morning, if you want to move from being a believer, which is where we start, to being a real follower, a real disciple, it's going to take getting roots, a commitment to getting roots, Not the idea. I know we're all good with the the concept of getting roots. We'd go, of course, that's good. But I'm talking about the commitment of going, I'm going deep and I'm going wide because I know God wants to go high. And if you're committed, you're going to be on a journey of a lifetime. If you're not, as a believer, things are going to push you around and the storms of life are going to come. And I hope we get through them. But if you go deep and wide, oh, you will get through them because he will sustain you. He will absolutely sustain you. Uh, it says in 1 Peter 4.10, and we have that for up here. It says, each of you, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Remember we talked about growing in knowledge and grace, right? 
grow in knowledge and grow in grace. This is breaking it down what that grace looks like. Each one of us should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. This is what the grace looks like. The grace has an outflow effect to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So when we're thinking about how is God going to use me, I'll tell you, the answer to that is God is going to use you by serving. God is going to use you by serving. Jesus said, the greatest of all is the servant of all. And he served the apostles and he said, look, as you've seen me do, you do also. It never stops being a matter of serving, whatever level that is, whatever level that is. But that is how God pours out grace through you, is as you serve, as you're on display for him. And it says, by the way, that this grace is in various forms, various forms, meaning there is such an amazing variety of God's grace in this room. There is such an amazing variety. Yesterday, at the women's brunch, a whole bunch of gals came up here, maybe 20, and they all held up a sign of their past, of their prior condition, and where they really were in life. And they all had things on them like, you know, anorexia or stress or whatever they were, or just a whole bunch of different, you know, positions in life. And then, after being touched by God's grace, they turned them upside down. And all of them said, redeemed and peace now and God restored. All these amazing like before and after. These were my BC days, my before Christ days. And boom, these are after. And that is exactly what he does. And because of that, his grace has been displayed in so many ways in this room, different ways. Some people were lacking peace and you met the Prince of Peace. Some needed healing and you met the great physician. Inevitably, we all met the Redeemer who paid for our sins, of course. But many of you have met aspects of God's grace in your life that you're like, wow, he answers prayer. I know it. I got to tell everybody. Others of you have, have seen that, you know, he's taken things that were broken and seemingly unrestorable. And you can say he is the restorer of the breach. He restored breaches in my life and I'm here to tell you about it. Others of you would say, well, maybe the marriage or the relationship was done and over. Enter Jesus, boom, he's changed it. Other, you know, there's so many aspects of God's grace, and that's why it's saying each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards, listen, of God's grace in its various forms. So many various forms. So many various forms. And there is the beauty of the body of Christ. When God is building a spiritual house with living stones, and people understand what part of the various am I? God, your various forms of your grace, which part of various am I? Ask yourself that question. Ask the Lord that. Lord, what part of various am I? What slice? Well, I'm a living stone. I'm trying to find my spot here, God. You're, you're building a spiritual house. I, I want to serve others. I want to grow in knowledge. I want to grow in grace. What part of the various, God, Am I? That's really a valid question. Um, and so it says also in Ephesians 3.10, I love this, it tells us right here, and you might want to open to this part, this is really cool, we have it for up here as well. It talks about, again, God's intention of having the various grace that is in you and I that we've experienced through him and turning it right back around and giving it away and putting it on display. It's beautiful. And it says that this is actually God's design for the church. On this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell cannot stand against it. My design 
is that when you've experienced my grace and my mercy, my love, my healing, my power, and on and on and on, that you turn around and put it on display. And God has given us this amazing insight to how he designed it and what his intention is. It says his intention for his church, uh, Ephesians 3.10. It says his intent was that now through the church that the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. What this means is the manifold wisdom of God. God is so wise, so great, so amazing that he poured out so many gifts to his people that there are manifold, it's many folds. It's not just one, it's, it, there's like a whole litany of things. There's a whole abundance of things we've experienced. There's, there's the grace, there's the mercy, there's the freedom, there's the healing, there's the manifold wisdom of God. Through his people, his design for the church is that the manifold wisdom of God would be on display. Some of you guys who might know about cars know, how many of you guys know what a manifold is? Okay, okay. Engine has an intake, an intake manifold, an exhaust manifold. Everything has to go through the engine on the way in and through on the way out. This is what a manifold does. And manifolds can create really big horsepower. If you have some cool manifolds on your engine, right? But God's not trying to make big horsepower. He's trying to make big people. Get it? Big people through the manifold wisdom of God, manifold. What God wants to do, he wants to pour through, just like a matter of the manifold, the, the multifacets. In fact, the Greek suggested the manifold means the intricacy, the complexity, and the great beauty. The intricacy, complexity, and great beauty of what God has done in your life, just like all those gals yesterday saying before and after. Not perfect people, but certainly redeemed people. Certainly changed people before and after the manifold wisdom of God on display through his people in the beauty and complexity through his church that it would be on display for the world to see. I love that. I love that. Um, If you're a note taker this morning and you're wondering where do I really begin? Where do I begin with finding my spot as a living stone in this spiritual house that God is making. I, where do I start? Valid question. Uh, you might want to write these three things down. These are our points this morning. And you will pray about what resonates hopefully most on your heart, and you're going to begin to find your place. Uh, the first one is, I am called to love what God loves. I'm called to love what God loves. The second is, I'm, I'm called to build what God builds. And the third one is that I'm, I'm called to advance what God advances. This is the heart of God as we partner with God. Remember, it's to serve. It's his manifold wisdom on display. It's like, God, I want to love what you love. Show me. I'm missing it. And God will begin to put some things on your heart, and you'll be surprised because you're going to find purpose in this. When you start to line your heart up with God's heart and say, God, show me what you love, and I want to start loving who you love. I want to start building what you build, and I want to start advancing what you advance you're already going to start to find your slice of God's kingdom where your area of display will be. It will be an area of service. I don't want to make it display like everyone's looking at you and saluting you. No, I don't mean that kind of display. You, you will be serving God and serving others in a way that people will say, wow, I see the grace of God right there. I see the grace of God and that grace of God is, is like a manifold of God's wisdom. It's overflowing to the others around that person is giving life. 
That person didn't just grow in knowledge. That person is growing in grace. And there's an overflow effect and they're changing the lives of people around. That's the beauty of growing in knowledge and in grace. There's a story of, of two trees. And two trees, these trees were planted with the same batch of seeds. They were planted at the same time. And they were planted in the same city. But as time went on, one tree grew up amazingly well. It grew up to be this big tree that was bearing fruit, that people would come and enjoy the fruit. It had a lot of shade. Families would come and camp out underneath it and kind of have picnics underneath it. And kids would even swing on the big, strong branches. Some kids would climb the tree. Great tree. Tree gave a lot of life. Everyone enjoyed this tree. And the other tree was across town and, again, planted at the same time with the same batch of seeds. But this tree, it didn't look so good. Um, this tree didn't hardly produce any fruit, and the fruit it had, nobody would dare eat it. Uh, Their limbs were kind of small and looked kind of decrepit, so the kids didn't want to climb it. Everyone was afraid they'd fall down. There was no swings in this tree, and it didn't give off much shade. And when you look at the two trees that were planted at the same time, from the same batch of seed, there was one difference between the two trees. One was planted by a fresh water source, and the other one was not. And because it was planted that way, because it was planted the way it was, the roots were able to go deep and to go wide and it gave life. And it is the same with your life and with mine. It's the same if we choose to. Again, not the principle, not the concept. We're all good with the principle and the concept of growing and getting traction and growing deeper. We're we're all good with the principle. But the commitment of going deep And going wide will make all the difference in your life and in mine. The difference with trees, though, is they can't choose where they're planted. But you and I can. You and I, we can choose where we're planted and how we're planted. Um, And this last section I just want to share with you. In fact, if the worship team comes up, this would be great. Uh, Psalm 92. If you have your Bible open to this, this this is a great passage. I know we all want to thrive in life. If, if you were to ask people, you know, what do you want out of life? It, most people, they would use different words, but like, I just want to thrive. I want, to, I want the abundant life. I want the fullness of life. I want the peace, the joy. I want to bear fruit. And a lot of people are figuring out what does it take to do that? The Bible tells us what it takes. It's God's life through us that we can't make it up on our own. It's his life flowing through us. But most people in life would say, yeah, I want the life where there's joy and there's peace and I, I want to bear fruit in my life and I want it to be purposeful. I really want to thrive. Well, the Bible gives us a, a, a little description here of what it takes to thrive, what it really does take to thrive. And it comes down to being intentional about roots, about putting down roots. Psalm 92, verse 12 and four, through 14, it says this. It says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will bear fruit in old age, and they will stay fresh and green. This is saying that if you're planted in the house of God, again, mega church, house church, in between, any assembly of believers that esteems the word of God, and is open to the Spirit of God, is a flourishing place, living for God's glory, whatever size the group is, whatever house of God assembly that is, 
certainly this one here as well, it says that if we are planted in the house of God, that we will grow strong, that we will flourish, and we will bear fruit. That's God's design. The reason that's true is because in God's house, we're really plugged into a living body, a living organism, a body of Christ. When we're not planted in God's house, we're solo doing our own thing, trying to figure out the kingdom of God, and God's saying, look, I never designed it that way. We're designed to be part of a body, to be connected to a body, to be part of an assembly, large, small, doesn't matter, but connected and committed because that's where we put down roots and that's where we grow and this is where we experience God's knowledge and God's grace. And so this passage is telling us that we really can't grow if we're not truly planted. I have yet to see a plant that really grows well without being planted and God is just telling us if we're planted, that's where this growth is gonna come from. So as we, uh, as we close in prayer, I really wanna encourage you guys. I wanna I want encourage you in your personal commitment to growth. Again, a lot of people say they believe in God, but that doesn't make a disciple. A disciple is someone who says, I'm gonna walk in the disciplines of the living God. And they're not rules and regulations. There are pathways for our health and our future. But really what it is, it's God Almighty saying, I know what's best for you. Will you walk with me in it? And you go, yes, you do know what's best for me. I will walk in it. And as we start walking, we start walking in the disciplines of Christ, which are disciplines of love and grace and mercy. And we start growing in the knowledge. And that's good. We need to grow in knowledge. We need to understand the love and the nature of the God we serve but also to grow in grace, to say, as you've done for me, God, I want to give away as well. When you commit to grow in knowledge and grace, when you commit to putting down roots, when you commit to growing that way, the storms of life will not push you around. You will stand firm. You will do what this passage in Psalm says. You will grow and you will bear fruit even in old age. You know, now and later, you will flourish in the courts of our God. And I know we all want to flourish. We love God. We come here to worship him and to grow in God. But again, having a, the idea and the concept of growing is completely different than having a commitment to growing. We're wrapping up a year here this year in the next couple of weeks. And we'll be heading into a, into a new year. And I know with the holidays, there's a lot going on. We're celebrating Jesus' birth and parties and all sorts of stuff. And it's going to be a busy time for many of you. And then we're going to be right on the, the season of time where we start thinking about resolutions. We're going to think about our direction, our aim. It's a good time to reassess what's going on in our hearts, our lives, and stuff like that. I would ask you sincerely to really, really go before God and saying, as a living stone, God, how do you want to place me in your spiritual house? If I'm supposed to be rooted in the house of God to flourish, what does that look like? What intentional steps, God, are next for me? And I also want to tell you, if you're not currently part of like the midweek uh, Bible studies, men's and ladies, that's, a, that's where a lot of rooting begins to happen. Not just on Sundays, on midweek. And, and also there's community life groups where people start to share the grace as we grow in grace. And we get to share stories and work things out on a, in, in a home setting, which is, is great to be around other believers that love you. But we're also gonna be starting some discipleship classes. We're gonna start formalize some training. And Scott's gonna be heading up our discipleship program. 
where we're going to actually start taking some very intentional courses in foundations of faith and understanding of God's kingdom on a formal level. I want to encourage you. God has greater things. We want him to take us higher. And we're calling him, God, take us higher. And that's good. That's well-intended. And he's saying, good, I'm calling you to go deeper. And if you go deeper, I will take you higher. And the deeper you go, the higher you will go because that's the way it works in my economy. I want to encourage you to ask God, what does that look like for me, God? Not the principle, the reality of it. How can I grow in grace and knowledge, God? How can I get intentional? Because it's time. Time is of essence. I want to make the most of every opportunity. And, and, and I, my prayer is that God will use you as a world changer for those around you. You are a priesthood, whether you feel like it or not. And, and my prayer is that God will begin to use you as a priest in his spiritual house in ways that he never did before. No matter where you are, in the workplace, in the neighborhood, with your family, that you get to be a bridge builder between God Almighty and people who aren't connected with him. And you get to share his grace in the way that he poured it out in your life. That is a life with purpose. That is a life that flourishes. And let's just ask God to seal some of these things in our heart. Um, Mighty God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the, the power of it. I pray, God, as a people, that we would grow, grow in grace and mercy, Lord. We want to know more about you, your kingdom, your principles. We want to know your nature. We want to know more about our identity, God. You have so much to say about our new nature and our new identity. And we really need to know uh, these things, God. So I pray we do grow in knowledge, but I also pray, God, that we would grow in grace. That we would grow in grace in a way that freely we've been given and freely we would give, Lord, that this beautiful manifold wisdom of God would be on display through your church. The intricacy, the variety, the assortment of the different things, Lord, not cookie cutter Christians, but a total broad diversity. We've all got different pasts. We've all been in different things. We all come from different places. And yet, most of us have got to the intersection where we meet the real Jesus and say, yep, it's time. It's time. No, no more time to waste. You're real. You are alive. You are love. I'm going to turn and follow you. You're the truth. You're the life. And on the other side of that, God, as we grow in knowledge, let us grow in grace that we will, Lord, serve others and putting your grace on display. I just pray that all of us would have a legitimate commitment to growing this year, God. This has been a presentation of Valley Metro Church. To hear more messages or to support future podcasts, please visit valleymetrochurch.com.